God, that cat is really something. They brought they brought Yumi down and we met we met so I could see the cat. Person. Oh wow, that must have been a risky move. I was I was a little bit nervous, but she was so calm, just like chilled in my arms the, the whole time I was standing down there. I don't, maybe Yumi's not old enough. Do you know like what type of play does she enjoy the best? Like, does she like a drama in three acts? <laughs> <laughs> she likes these really depressing Russian. Yeah, the dollhouse. Yeah. <laughs> Like, does she like chasing things or does she like crunching up things or like? She likes the crinkly ball. Yeah. She, if she hits it, then she'll just keep chasing it and chasing it and chasing it. But I do the feather thing too and try and get her to jump up on stuff and jump off stuff. For the listeners, Yumi is Sean's grandmother. (laughs) My Nana. Ema. Out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. If your business paper needs or Dundamip, then the people purses paper people Dundamip, then the people purses paper people Dundamip, then the people purses paper Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and hot roadie, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin Jaynes, Office Administrator. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. Everyone sits on a chair every day, mm-hmm. but not everyone sits <laughs> on a copier. Or even uses a copier. <laughs> Every week we get together to talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. This week, a very exciting topic, the relationship between Pam and Michael Scott. Yeah, as we've kind of gone along uh, the course of our show, we haven't done a full episode on Michael because his character encompasses so much of the show. Uh, So we've kind of carved it up into different relationships with different characters. We've talked about Michael and Love, and now we're going to Michael and Pam. So this relationship between the regional manager uh, and the receptionist and how important that is and how much action that drives uh, throughout the show. It's maybe even the most important friendship, uh, the non-romantic, um, sometimes, ask, sometimes at least. I was going to ask, is this the most important relationship on the show? I think yes, at least for the first four seasons. It, it definitely is used to frame and set up and so much of the, so much of the plot and to set up every episode. Mm-hmm. More well, than Jim I, and Pam. You know, yeah, that's a good point. And you know what? I, I'd say, too, that we've talked before about how even though in, you know, seasons one through seven, it's pretty, you know, Michael Scott, obviously, is the star of the show. But um, we've talked before on the show that we think, like, the real hero of the show is Pam. It's kind of really about her growth, it seems like, more than anyone else. So, um, so really, we're talking about the two main characters of the show. Absolutely. In preparing for this episode, you know, and watching all these episodes back to back to back, I was uh, struck by how often the show utilizes the same sort of device to set up an episode or to get into an episode, which is Pam is sitting at her desk, Michael enters and does something or throws his <laughs> coat at her. Yeah, or, it's yeah. so true. Yeah. And something will happen or something will happen in the office and then it cuts to a talking head of Pam saying, it's this day in the office. And what that yeah. means is that Michael does yeah. this. And that's what happens. So, so often it's Pam reacting to Michael or explaining mm-hmm. to the, the audience and the documentary crew what's going on that day. She is, in effect, a narrator for the show uh, in a way. 
She's quite literally also the first line of defense between Michael and the office. Like she's the fir- like literally when you walk in, Michael comes in, she's the first person he talks to. And like you said, Edwin, she's going to set up, you know, oh, Michael's wearing his jeans today or, oh, mm-hmm. you know, Michael th- throws a coat at me and oh, he's watching all these movies. You know, take your pick. There's a ton of them. But yeah, she um, that's a really good way. I kind of never really thought of it that way. But yeah, she totally does set up a ton of episodes. Those little, a lot, a lot of episodes you hit play, and it starts with a quick zoom in on Pam from a distance working, and then mm-hmm. she looks up, and her reaction to whatever <laughs> Michael is sets the tone for the whole episode. Well, or, I'm, yeah. <laughs> or I'm just remembering the injury too, where she's just sitting there and the answers injury? the call. Oh. <laughs> uh, <when he> <gasps> When he wants to adopt a child, uh, oh yeah, she has to just deal with that at reception and the between calls. You so know, many, like- so many great moments. Well, that, why don't we just just start here because we've got we've got yeah. a lot to dig in to on this episode, and I'm really excited to do it. But w- just as a jumping off point, what is a moment in the show when you think about Pam and Michael? What's what is a scene or a moment that jumps out to you right away? Uh. I mean, there's so many cold opens, it'll be very easy to reference. Um, right. For me, I think, I hate to start at the end, but the, the moment that stands out to me is is Pam rushing to meet Michael of course. at the end of Goodbye Michael. And that sort of button or end point on their relationship and kind of seeing how far they've come. Um, and I guess the second one, if I can pick two, is almost in the pilot when he fake fires yeah. her. And she says, you're a real jerk. And it really mm-hmm. sets up the beginning where they're not she so often has to react to what Michael is doing and deal with whatever Michael wants her to deal with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, th- I mean, of course those are, those are, you know, maybe the two most important I, moments in there. I think about Michael revealing to Pam that he's dating her mom. <laughs> Just that whole scene. Who is it? <laughs> Who, Who is, is it, it? Michael? <laughs> in the blooper reel. It's going to be hi. okay. He says, hi. Uh, it's- <laughs> <laughs> I wish oh I wish they hadn't so, cracked in that scene and they could have used that instead because it's it's just so, there's so there's funny. so many fantastic Pam just absolutely horrified reactions to Michael doing something inappropriate to her. I mean, for whatever reason, a, a scene that really just I always think about when I think about those two is in Diwali when they. Um, Michael uh, is outside. He's like ch- choking down something, some spicy food or something like that. And she brings him a glass of water. She sits down next to him. He's like, we're, we're, we're so much the same, both victims of a broken engagement. He's referring to asking Carol to marry him. And she, she says, no, Pam's like, not really. Then he goes in for the kiss. She says, oh, she says something like, I thought something was going to happen tonight too. And he's like, like kind of misreads <laughs> what, she's, <laughs> what she's saying and then goes in for the kiss and then she backs off and he's like he's like she's like what are you doing he's like what are you doing rejecting your kiss <laughs> and then and then it's the it's the cringiest then, i think it's the cringiest it's so moment cringy. on the show it's so cringy scene. but but the but the best part is that right after that michael just goes i need a ride home and she's like she's like you can sit in the back so it's just like it's so it's so perfect for their relationship. It's like 
Pam knows everything, all, you know, Michael's flaws yeah. and everything wrong with him, but still is, you know, looking out for him and just, you know, uh, has his back. And of course it's just Michael being a mm-hmm. friggin' idiot all the time. But, um, that, that's Wait, just you, you have to finish out the final moment of that whole scene. Edwin, would you please finish that moment out for us? Yeah, it's it's just a long <laughs> beat of silence with Michael in the back of the car, and he says, these aren't my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. In um, terms of comedic value and having to react to what Michael, the, the, Michael does, the one, the one that uh, made me laugh the hardest today while I was prepping um, is in the carpet in season two when Michael walks in and says, Spamster. Pam says, Pam plus Spam plus, and he goes, Hamster. He says, how was your vacation? She says, it was great, Michael. Yeah? And uh, Pam says, mm-hmm. And Michael says, did you get lucky? Ooh, boink. <laughs> boink. <laughs> just the, her kind of horrified reaction and the word boink just really, oh, yeah. really got me. Uh, one last one just to, to that I think seamlessly marries together the silliness of their relationship with the intimacy of their relationship is almost totally silent, which is when Michael wants to meet up with her and he just goes over to Pam's desk and he does the... <laughs> she goes, I, I weirdly know exactly what you're saying. Great, so I'll see you at Meredith's car in five minutes. You didn't need to... <laughs> it's so good. They have such a, they have such an incredible chemistry. And I think what's what's really great is that we, as, you know as the audience, you really watch it grow from nothing. I mean, from less than nothing. These people, like Pam should hate this man. So I think it's really, um, really fascinating, especially it was really great going back and rewatching those seasons and trying to find those moments that are building that relationship between them because you really can watch it come together piece by piece it's 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 really well done and i think that's why it's so special going from season one to season two uh there's kind of a correction that happens where i think some of the critique of the office in the first season was that steve carell's character um was not likable at all or not likable enough um and obviously i mean you know i think we all love those episodes they're very funny but michael does have much more of a harsh edge and his decisions seem to impact people a lot more negatively in the in that first season. And I think a big piece of turning that around in season two is the way that Pam sort of guides him um, in these moments or these uh, interactions. I'm thinking of in Casino Night when she allows him to have that first take at answering the phone. Mm-hmm, she right. kind of saves right. him from making that embarrassing yeah. uh, introduction. I'm thinking, and then uh, it goes the other way as well. So on one hand, uh, yes, Pam is working to, she helps kind of shape uh, Michael Scott into someone that can be a little more endearing, still stupid, but we, you know, we love him anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and then I think the other thing that we begin to see in season two is where P- Michael actually lifts up Pam in ways that are surprising and unexpected. So I'm thinking of the Dundies, the very first episode. Yep. Where what we expect from the previous version of Michael Scott is to continue this long running joke that he finds hilarious, but is at someone else's expense uh, and causes some pain. But at the end, granted with Jim's encouragement, he flips it to the whitest sneakers award and it becomes a really positive, nice moment. Right. Well, I think that's great that you brought that up because you're exactly right. I mean, season one, we get, you know, in the pilot, Michael fake fires Pam, causes her to cry, causes her to call him a jerk. He's, I mean, he's totally inappropriate to her, always kind of referring to her as like, the, you know, the hot one in the office and blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, besides Ryan, of course. Or Katie. Um, or Katie, yes. 
that's that specifically is an episode with some cringe moments um, between them. But um, I think it's interesting the switch that happens pretty much in the Dundies in that whole episode because I think it's really well done because that's why I think uh, it's the best episode of The Office. It, it's a it's a great episode, but but. Someone wrote something mean about Michael in the bathroom, and we learned Ooh, that it Dave was- Barry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Dave Barry reference. God, do I get the Dave Barry reference? I don't think I get the Dave. Barry I don't reference. think you do. Yeah. <laughs> I think you do, Mon. He was American humorist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Writer, newspaper humorist. Um, someone wrote something about Michael in the bathroom. We learned that it was Pam. Okay, mm-hmm. now real quick, does that even even for what little we know about Pam so far, it feels a little out of character for her, right? Do you feel that way? Not to I leave mean, a note. A note. I was thinking of the microwave. Yeah, is it a oh, passive yeah, aggressive right. thing on the bathroom wall? I guess you're right. I guess you're right. <laughs> Yeah, did she but sign it, it probably, sincerely disappointed? But it was probably <laughs> <laughs> it's. But it's probably got like the smack of like a you know bully in in middle school writing something mean about someone on a on a yeah. bathroom wall, right? right? Okay, so then, it doesn't seem like something that Pam would do in the later version of the show where she's kind of evolved and grown a little bit. Right. But in the first couple seasons, especially when she and Jim are uh, making fun of Dwight a little bit and their pranks feel sometimes a little bit more mean spirited than they do later on. I yeah. think it's it does it doesn't feel super out of character. To me. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. I'm thinking I mean, you're right. In the Alliance, she's she's a little bit cruel to Dwight. But so at the Dundies right later, Roy and Daryl are just like, we're done with this. And they start getting up to leave. Michael's noticing it. And he's like, uh, guys, the Pam. Pam, show's not over. And she is conflicted in that moment. And she looks at Michael and says, sorry, and leaves, right? Only to, as soon as she gets outside, tell Roy, no, I want to stay. So what I'm thinking is that at this point in the episode, Pam's like been trying to be one of the mean kids, been trying to be a bully like, you know, Roy or maybe even Jim. But um, that's not who she is really. And so when Michael calls her out, she feels sympathy for him and she feels ashamed for acting the way that she's been acting. And then at that point, we see a total switch in her. She's trying to support Michael, trying to get everyone to have fun and all this stuff. And it's, I mean, it's a great coincidence that Michael also kind of pulls through for her and doesn't give her the longest engagement award. There's a, there's an, a good uh, lesson there where just one person cheering and being positive in a situation like that can kind of change the enemy in the room or the Definitely. energy, energy in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it really caused a lot more people to kind of go along, clap and kind of have a good time. I think yeah. she does such yep. a good job of that, even though she's had a lot of second drinks. <laughs> yes. Stanley does that later in the roast scene when Michael comes back and roasts everyone. It's just one person to start laughing or get into it. Um, and then she also does it, of course, and we'll get to this later when the Michael Scott company, when Michael's freaking out, you know, making breakfast and she's the calm one. She resets the energy of just being like, no, we're okay. Let's make a list and just do one thing. For sure. Mm-hmm. For sure. But I mean, without a doubt, this is like. I'm begging my Crocs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I, I think the Dundee is, is absolutely the turning point. And there's something about, um, you know, Michael being the kid who gets picked on that all of a sudden Pam just can't. Um, can't um, justify treating him 
the way that everyone else does, even if he is an idiot, even if he is, you know, um, really rude to her a lot. Pam shows him so much uh, patience and kind of grace and compassion. Um, It makes the moment in the injury when he calls her (laughs) and is trying to get her to rub butter on his foot, where she really looks exasperated and past her limit. And I thought that was a funny (laughs) moment because we don't get to see Pam frustrated with Michael that often. We see her, you know, having to deal, but very rarely does she, is she that visibly upset. Hmm. She's, she's like an elementary school teacher with Michael most of the time of just like, I understand kids. I understand how they work. And I, there's a certain amount of breathing room you just have to have with just like, let them do their thing and we'll circle back with them in a second. Um, that with Michael time and again because he's, um, he's very much like a ten year old. I want to talk about grief counseling, okay, which is a big episode. But I'm gonna we'll go back to that. I want to skip it just because I wanted to mention like you know what you were saying like her always being like an elementary school teacher to him like on in the initiation pretzel day right. Jan asks Michael to or Jan asks Pam to track Michael's every move throughout the day write it down send it to corporate and instead (laughs) she she is kind of spending the whole day trying to keep michael on track and trying to cover for him whenever jan calls like he's asleep in his office and she's like he's on a sales call and there's but there's that moment at the end where she's like you know so and so Casalini or whatever called for you again and he tries to make the Cosby joke again like Casalini the Jello Caselli Caselli thank you I think it's Brent Caselli right right nice Um, with the um, (laughs) Jello with the Jello but she looks him in the eyes and is like this is a huge sale and he's like right thank you (laughs) like you know and I think that's like one of those first times that we see her power over him. She's kind of complimenting him though, right? Because they already made the sale, right? Yeah. Except near the end of the episode because Michael's like, oh, yeah, it is. Right. It was a big sale. Somehow he, Pam was like just providing enough like bowling alley bumpers to just keep mm. Michael in bounds that day to make that sale that's and funny. probably saved his job. I never caught that she's telling him that they made the sale. But yeah, yeah, it's like that was a huge sale. Like, nice job, Michael. And he's just like, oh, yeah, thanks. Even though you could probably, like, Pam should get commission on that sale for just keeping Michael (laughs) in bounds all day and, like, waiting in the pretzel line for him. Yeah. And maybe it it was his brief spike of of energy when you see the do 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 do. And he does the step up on the chair. Let's make a deal. That's just like peak Michael. I love it. And, uh, But you can attribute a lot of it to Pam. I mean, I mean, how many times has she just saved his job in one way or another? You know, yeah. I mean, her and Jim, but but her especially. Um, I did mention grief counseling. I think this is a really important episode for them. Um, this is uh, this is in season three, early season three, when Jim's not around. So Pam has to kind of rebuild her identity at Dunder Mifflin. She's also not with Roy anymore. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she's kind of realizing that she's not like Jim. There's, I think there's that moment where she's having Dwight race around the uh, building with the thermometer. There's a few times <laughs> where she's, she kind of tries a more mean spirited prank and it doesn't really work out. But, but there's something about these pranks that she, they're not pranks. They, but she's like, kind of has fun with teaching 
um, Michael things or Dwight things. I mean, so grief she counseling. Plays a, she plays along. Like she's not pranking. Right. But she's in, we see she's her like, do it a few times. Okay, yeah. I'll play along with you right. until you're done. Yeah. I love right. in that moment too, it, it, where she's trying to decide, where she's clocking Dwight with that thermometer. She's, I don't know if this, am I being mean to Dwight? He does make my life really hard sometimes. Yeah. So there's that, there's that sort of back and forth, but I think it's really interesting to hear her vocalize where, um, you know, is it, she's questioning whether or not it's, it's right to do something like this to Dwight, just to make him run, run in circles. Right. It's yeah. pretty, it's pretty uh, innocuous. I think there's something interesting in that grief counseling, they, they have this part where, um, you know, uh, Michael's asking everybody to tell a story about someone they know who's died. So Pam starts up a prank where they're talking, they just recount plots of movies where people have died. She does Million Dollar Baby. <clears throat> Kevin blows it by talking about Weekend at Bernie's. And it's kind of a prank that doesn't really go anywhere. Ryan does Lion King. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But then there's something about Pam. The Ryan King. The Ryan King. (laughs) But then Pam instead pivots and, first of all, is the only person in the office who seems to understand Michael's complex thought here that if no one cares about Ed Truck dying, no one's going to care about Michael Scott dying. If no one cares about this bird dying alone, no one's going to care about Michael Scott dying alone, right? That's what's going on in his head. No one else can seem to figure this out. Toby's like, Michael, death is a part of life. Like fucking Toby, just not helping at all. Um, um, But uh, she picks up on what's going on, right? Mm -hmm. So she makes the sweet little coffin for the bird. She's the one whose idea it is for Dwight to get the recorder. She says this beautiful eulogy at the funeral that is a metaphor for Michael that's so clear even Michael gets it. Um, so anyways, and, and Edwin, you've talked before so many times about her emotional, um, empathy or her like emotional intelligence, emotional yeah. intelligence. She's, she's very good at picking up on Michael's frequency. Um, and a lot of times when it's causing a lot of havoc around the office, um, and I, I, she does so much to kind of pick him up in those kinds of moments. Um, that happens later in the show too, with like lecture circuit um when they go to Nashua together and she's picking him up and kind of helping him get through how much he's struggling um because he's dealing with Holly um and I think she's the one who kind of shepherds him through that so they go to Nashua to try to get Michael some closure Mm -hmm. she's not there and Michael sort of spirals and has to go outside and and Pam coaches him back up by saying think imagine when she gets back and everyone's going to tell about the amazing job that you did with this presentation Mm -hmm. and then uh after after michael (laughs) literally falls on the floor pam is still trying to help michael get off the floor yeah (laughs) give him an out like give him an out i'm just trying to bridge the gap between what just happened and the fact that i'm going to be finishing this presentation She does. She starts doing the mnemonic device to uh, memorize names. Yeah. Penguin. Yeah. <laughs> Holly's boyfriend. Holly's boyfriend. <laughs> it's so good. I wrote down what rewatching that episode. I wrote down like they kind of have like a Don Quixote Sancho Sancho uh, Panza vibe going on, where Michael is just this kind of like crazy person, and Pam is both always babysitting him and his loyal minion. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. And she, she develops a very good sense of 
understanding Michael's capacity for destruction. And she's very good at looking at all the ways this could play out and knowing which one Michael's going to take oh and how gosh, dangerous yeah. it's going to be. And that happens a few times. I mean, I mean, name herpes. the biggest, the, the herpes thing. Uh, <laughs> the, another biggest one is, is when Michael's considering how to propose to Holly, you know, and she, she gets the situation, which is a literally an explosive situation, a flammable situation where Michael's poured gas all over the parking lot. And she in one fell swoop is able to, dissuade him from lighting the parking lot on fire including himself because <laughs> he has gas all <laughs> over himself and and also helping michael calm down and being like no you guys love each other you need to do this right michael this is a special perfect person for you and in that moment she's like taking the gas can away from him but also reassuring him it's like the most incredible move that i think she pulls with michael and there's a couple other times i'm, I'm blanking where she like she kind of reads what the destruction could be and she tries Ooh. to get in front of it. It's like a runaway train thing. That's what she says. Yeah. She has to stop a Michael train of thought before it spirals out of control. Yeah. 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 And well, it's... I mean, it's, I mean, maybe Michael Scott paper company with the, with the, uh, him making the French toast over and over again. Yeah. She... I mean, it happens again and again, but it, it, it really speaks to both of their characters that she understands him enough that she almost, allows him to like have the freedom to have these sort of big thoughts because that's a lot of what michael is is these big grand ideas and she's just like how can i actually help harness that <laughs> um and likewise you know michael is able to sometimes pull pam out of thinking too narrowly and small and making her think bigger and mm. having her zoom out on her life they have this really nice inverse relationship where they do that for each other Oh, that's beautiful. I mean, I was. Thank um, you, <laughs> I was. I was <laughs> you're welcome. I I was watching a local ad today, <clears throat> and just oh, was, kind of was it? Uh, what was it like a <laughs> Shane Company? Shane Company. <laughs> you know, I learned recently that Shane Company oh, yeah, is in not the a state. Yeah. No, I know, yes. but everyone thinks was, it's local. I know. I heard someone else sing That's the jingle with different hours and streets yeah. and directions. And I was I know. like, oh, no. What? No. I thought, I thought that was my friend in the diamond business. <laughs> He's my friend, dude. He's open oh. Saturday, Sunday, until five. He's next to the Washington Square Mall. He's not wherever you think he is. Anyway. <laughs> what were we talking about? <laughs> what did you notice in the local ad episode, Sean? Yes. The, 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 um, Michael and Pam make such a great team and you're absolutely right that sometimes they kind of like challenge each other to think bigger or do better, greater things. Mm -hmm. I thought in local ad, there's just kind of that, that the post-production team on the ad is Michael, Pam and Dwight, who I, I mean, Dwight's just kind of there for support. I figured. Security. Watching Michael edit in his right. office. He, right. He would say Bringing security, him, but yeah, yeah he's sure. just, he's just sleeping with his face. Sure. Blanket. So, I mean, really it's just Michael and Pam. And so like she, and she decides to stay the night there. And then in, you know, because of this thing that Michael needs her to do, she creates this beautiful little animation that she never would have done otherwise, right? So I thought that was really cool. I think it was just a nice foreshadowing to Michael Scott Paper Company. To it is, some, yeah. You know, they both really need that ad. Like Pam needs something to like be creative at, and Michael mm -hmm. needs to be thought of as a creative and be respected mm -hmm. in that way. And so it's like, of course, those are the only two that stay all night, that stay up all night working on that ad, you right? Know? When you know, you talk about them having a sort of dependence or like a, um, like a symbiotic relationship or the fact that they kind of help each other out in certain ways. I was drawn to 
in, um, let's see, the episode is Women's Appreciation, mm-hmm. season yeah. three. Okay. When they go to the mall and oh. <laughs> Michael has that talking head where he talks about the wishes that he would give for everyone in the office. And he says for Pam, he wishes that she had courage. And I think it plays wow. out in the next few episodes where in the Beach Games episode where Pam summons the courage to do the cold walk and to have her speech in front of Jim. And then um, later she talks about, I want to say it's in the job where she talks about how she finally had the courage to um, end things with Roy and how it only took her three years. She realized she was with the wrong person. Um, and those are the kinds of things she's alluding to in her talking head. But there's a moment where she said, no, it took me three years to do it. And then she does a little fake bow. Mm-hmm. And I think the way that Michael and Pam sort of complement each other is Pam has a lot of emotional intelligence that Michael clearly does not. And <laughs> yes. Pam often struggles with courage. And Michael has that in untethered, unleashed, Michael- <laughs> reckless abandon. Michael, so, has emotion- Michael has emotional confidence. Yeah. Intelligence. So yeah. They, the, they kind of help each other out. The food of the wise regard. man, the liquor yeah. of the fool. Yeah. A and great think- imagination. Mm-hmm. <laughs> another another example of this is in season three in um, the episode's business school, where at the end mm-hmm. it's Pam's art show. So oh, we know yes. what this moment yes. is Let's where Michael's the only one. This is, um, this is one you. of the big three moments between them, I'd say. Yeah. So at Pam has her art show and no one from the office shows up. There's that older woman who looks very skeptically at the art. Well, Wait, I- perhaps someday. Yeah. Or dude, um, Gil, Gil and Oscar. Uh-huh. Just yeah. calling it motel art and comparing her to uh, Vincent Van Gogh. It's like, back off. <laughs> it's Gil. It's not Oscar. Oscar's actually like, you know, she's doing her thing. Mm. Whatever. And then Oscar says those aren't Pam's strong suits. Well, you know, <laughs> yeah, well, they say real art takes courage. That's what right. they say in that moment. Right. So I thought yeah. about that again. So that's kind of a, a through line for Pam's character. Right. Uh, and then when Michael shows up and he's so overwhelmed this could, these could be tracings, is what he yeah. says. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I love that. That's like... that 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 effort, just putting in that positivity and lifting her up, does so much for her in that moment where she feels so down and so low. And the only person that comes to see her is Roy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, you can tell he's he, he's trying, but he's not really succeeding. Mm-hmm. Your art was the prettiest art of all the art. <laughs> and then he's like, "Come yeah. home with me, right? Like I brought my yeah. brother. That was cool." <laughs> <laughs> You notice that she he also brought his brother to her worst first date ever, which is that minor league hockey game. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that Pam likes to see Kenny. Yeah, yet. bringing Kenny is <laughs> not the mark of being a good boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, in that moment, she just wants someone to just validate her at all of just mm-hmm. being like, "This is good. This is awesome but, that you did but, this." And, and like, he does so much more than that. He, yeah. he does. I mean, he's he's proud of her. For he says, "I'm really proud of you." Mm-hmm. Um, he's like, what's, you know, I don't, how much, I don't see a price, you know, like just the way that he says that he's like, he's like, I would have, not only does he want to buy it, he's assuming that it's for sale, which I think she is just, you know, thrilled by that. That's a genuine. I, I love that moment. I'm glad you mentioned it because to your point, yes, it's, it's one step beyond I'm showing up another step beyond saying I, I'm here and I support you to say how much that, that just, assumes that she is an artist who is selling her work. Yeah. It, it, it goes all the way to that end point, mm-hmm. which right, I thought right. was re- really great. And really, and he's uh, like, yeah. And he's like, it has to be framed. It has to be in the office. He's like, oh, and then I love that he's like, there's my car. And mm-hmm. oh, is that your car? So it's like the only two cars in the parking lot are Michael and Pam. And mm-hmm. yeah, and that's where the whole show ends is pretty much on that painting. You know? mm-hmm. Do you have something in your pocket? <laughs> <laughs> Chunky. Chunky. <Yeah. laughs> 
that's that is a really beautiful moment. And like, is that I think one of three times Michael makes Pam cry, twice for joy, mm. once for anger. Maybe there's another one in there. I'm thinking at the end in that scene she's happy, and then she's at the pilot she's very upset and crying. Very upset and crying. Yeah. Um, another another great um, episode for me is job fair between. Pam and Michael. There's some mm-hmm. great back and forth between them in that episode. Just, I love <laughs> Michael. Do you remember you specifically told me to only bring one sheet of paper? You said it only takes one sheet of paper to make a difference. <laughs> I said, Are you sure, Michael? And you said, Pam, Pam, Pam. And you sneezed amazing. And they said, Don't worry, it's just allergies. Do you remember that? <laughs> he says, No. <laughs> uh, another, epi- another episode where they're in. Another small moment with Pam where she goes to her art room and she's like, oh, I wonder if it's still up. And like, nope, no, of course it's not. Like, mm-hmm. no one remembers you there. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's a small version of the issue that Michael's dealing with that whole episode, which is no one cares about your little paper company. No one wants mm-hmm. to work there. Yeah. You know, we want the best and brightest. And then he ends up, you know, blowing the only lead they get on a on an internship. They really are, you know, that's funny that you bring that up because they really are the only two people who seem to view the um, Scranton branch as a family and they value it, right? I mean, Pam does that until the end of the show. That's kind of the issue that she runs into with Jim Wade. And Michael, you know, we all, you know, ever since, you know, season two, really, um, we know that he is... um, He's always thinking of <clears throat> Scranton Branch as a family and wanting them to stay together. I don't think anyone else feels this way. Dwight would love to see everybody fired. Jim wants to move on to bigger and better things. And Kevin uh, might. Kevin might feel that way. <laughs> it just feels like he might. I don't know. I don't know if he 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 feels that deeply about it, but maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Michael, you, Michael lists out that whole thing. Pam, you're my wife. Jim, you're Ryan is my son. Stanley, yeah. you're our mailman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness! But it it's is, true. And I wonder. It's it's probably. I think initially it's born out of Pam's job as the receptionist of like, you know, you're basically you're you're sort of overseeing everyone's interactions throughout the day. Be it patching through phone calls, be it organizing meetings or whatever you know all the other sort of tasks that she does so it's like her job is to essentially run the office as a family right and mm-hmm. michael is supposed to be running it in terms of the work now usually they end up actually kind of switching those roles where like you know michael would probably be a great receptionist <laughs> you know just like we see andy being a great mm-hmm. receptionist when he actually <laughs> sits down there you know michael would be awesome at that job and i bet pam would make a way better manager than michael you know it's like they actually marry each other in some ways um, and so I think that's a good point, Sean, that it, it's like it's initially born out of their jobs. But, yeah, they do have that equal level of care that everyone in the office is happy to be there. And I think that, uh, yeah, and I think that it's it's they they seem to be like kindred spirits. You know, they seem to be um, drawn to each other. And when when Michael leaves the office in um new boss i think it is um uh, but you know season five after charles minor and all that and says that he's going to go start a paper company pam's like oh my god i'm i'm going with him and there's that moment in the parking lot where michael's like jim 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 we're having a company meeting 
and, <laughs> and uh, I mean, it just seems like, yeah, I think that there's something in Pam that, you know, yes, she wants to take Jim, a... James, Timothy. <laughs> uh, Pam wants to take okay a Okay, if I call you Jim. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she wants something new and she wants to take a leap and stuff like that. But I think there's maybe something going through her head when Michael walks out of the office that she's just like, I need to be with him. Like, well, she, that's what I've been str- working on this whole time. You see her struggle <laughs> with that, st- with his statement of like, are you, are you doing your best here? Mm-hmm. You know, that's essentially what cuts to her core. And she's, we see her think about that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and yeah. And then at that, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Michael Scott and beyond, but before that, yeah, her relationship with him is, is different and it, and what, it changes in that moment where he becomes a leader, not just the person Pam takes care of. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to be a receptionist. And he's like, right, right. Like junior executive. And she's like salesman. And he's just like, right. Yeah. He's just like, he's very impressed. I mean, I think it's, you know, it goes back to him wanting to see her have courage and things like that. So I think too, one thing to consider is in that moment, we're post art school. And we also hear from Pam where she says or kind of confides in Michael and Ryan that she had applied to these sort of big box stores on the weekends right. to try to make some extra money and she couldn't even get an interview. So right. in terms of her professional life, she's really, she's really far down. And this new manager comes in and Michael leaves and Michael was the one who had seen so much in her. And um, it, it must, her future must seem pretty bleak in that moment outside of her future with Jim, which is clearly positive in terms of the family. But it does seem as this one shining moment to try something different and try something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense that she follows him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I also like previously too, like, like Michael has a clear respect for Pam in a lot of different ways. And I think that started again, based on their jobs, like Pam is able to delight Michael in so many ways, whether it's just, walking in with a little sticky note that says something, oh, you know, like, hiya, buddy. yeah. And she plays <laughs> along with him and is just delights Michael to the point where like, if he could pick anyone, you know, to join his team, it's like, give me, give me Pam. I mean, I want her there. She makes my life better. You know, clearly that's like, she has so much value to Michael. Um, but I think in that moment, Michael hasn't had much value to Pam until then. That's a good point. That's a good point. Cause I mean, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't ask her to come with him, you know, he just kind of puts it out to everybody, but, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but she feels it. And I think he, I think he, I think they both realize it in that moment in the parking lot. There's also something great that happens there though, where they walk off together and both kind of start to like realize what they've just done. Right. The high yeah. of quitting and finding each other. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the graduate with, um, mm-hmm. Dustin Hoffman, right? Dustin you betcha. Hoffman? Yeah, yeah. There's a that's the ending of that movie is um, you know Dustin Hoffman right. like interrupting a wedding and the, the two of the he runs off with the bride and they get in the back of a bus and they have these smiles and then there's just like it's just that fixed shot on them where they're like oh what's next? Wow, we okay? <laughs> Whoa, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. But they're realizing what they have ahead of them, and they and they take it on. Have you been watching the HBO show Run? No, can't say that I have. No, it's a whole show kind of about that. About, oh, interesting. It's about that moment. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. It's, it's not about Dwight running around the parking lot or Michael trying to <laughs> set a speed limit. Yeah, it's just it's a it's a six part live feed of Dwight running around the thirty one, thirty one. <laughs> Eat that, Carl Lewis. Eat it. Yeah. Do you think there's a defining moment after after the 
Dundies that where they become where they where their friendship is really becoming um, solid. You know, not that not that Pam's learning show. to deal yeah. with. Yeah, yeah. I think it's got to be the art show. That's to me a big change. Think, it was. Oh yeah, go ahead. No, 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 please go ahead, please, please, please. I think the beauty of that relationship and friendship is how much it evolves over the show and how it goes in both directions. Like we were saying, Michael and Pam lift up each other and help each other out a number of different times. And it's sort of a slow burn. I love to, I'm thinking, you know, post art show when Michael or when Pam is along with the other women in the office is trying to guide Michael through his relationship with Jan and how unhappy he is um, and how they have this support group and this sort of circle of ladies that helps out Michael. Uh, (laughs) And when Jan comes in and, Michael's first reaction is, why? (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Then he calls her Janet, and he says, I need my girls in the conference room. And Pam says, Meredith, that's a backup. (laughs) This is Pam, uh, Karen, Angela, and Phyllis. But uh, they coach him on not bringing up with Jan and trying to stay strong. And granted, your advice was good, Pam, but hers was bigger. Right. (laughs) That's the line. But... Yeah. It's only to say that there are so many moments. It's it's obviously we have these big ones that we've gravitated towards, but there are so many small mm-hmm. ones. I think one thing that I noticed uh, in prepping for this that I wouldn't have thought of consciously just normally watching the show is how whenever Michael in the first three or four seasons needs an example or needs a person to go to, mm-hmm. he goes to Pam. I'm thinking of at Jim's party during performance review when he needs a karaoke partner, he mm-hmm. looks to Pam. During the convicts in season three, when he's trying to make these terrible comparisons between trusting white people and black people, he throws to Pam first. Who's a a white person that he trusts so that he can come over (laughs) the top? So, uh, also, when every single moment, yeah, when the dust settles playing football in the office, he throws to Pam. Yeah, Pam, (laughs) Pam, can you come in here, please? It's always she's always the first person that he goes to. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I love that you mentioned Jan because there's a couple of moments that come to mind thinking about Jan and Pam and Michael. Oh, the Pam Jan. This is fun run. That's a t- <laughs> season four, episode one, mm-hmm. fun run. Season four, episode one. Um, when um, Pam is helping him organize the fun run and she knocks on the door and he says, come in and she opens the door and he doesn't have his pants off and she sees his penis. So real quick. Do you, is that, do we think that that was an, a legitimate act? Is his, his subconscious, like, we know that Michael has this kind of crush on Pam, right? Did he intend for this to happen? Or Does he? Because he says come in, right? He does say, I don't think he's intentional. I don't think it's intentional. Does he think it's going to be Jan? That's, I've, I've never thought about that. Before. I don't know. Anyway, said, I, anyway. I think, come in. <laughs> I've only ever read it as an accident. Yeah. May so. I enter the room? <laughs> yes. Speaking of, or come in. Speak, we, oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I was, no, I was just going to say, speaking of genitals, not the last time she sees <laughs> she sees Michael's wiener, uh, but during the... Um, when he's in the robe, Michael Scott Paper Company sits down and she goes, why don't we, you know, like as soon as yes, he sits down. Right. Uh, so she, she, she's seen his wiener twice, and but I think he gets his full comeuppance in the delivery when he walks in while she's having the baby and he gets repaid in full way more and he just comes out of there. Maybe he's going to have a lot of hair. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, that's another aspect of their relationship. Which oh. is I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the delivery because something that I thought of too was when... Pam is having her sort of freak out moment in the 
what is it, the break room, mm-hmm. where uh, Jim and Kevin and Michael are trying to kind of console her and get her to leave. Um, you know, Michael looks at her and says, where are you going to go? Hospital. What are you going to have? A oh, baby. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he's he's there for her in that moment yeah, as well. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Re- back to Jan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's... Where, there's a part in Fun Run where like she's then later she's working the event and she's like, sounds like somebody got a little peek at Michael. Like she's like, oh no. And like Jan's kind of like, just... like back off. Yeah. <laughs> and then dinner party. So when we weird. Learned, that's such when a we learn that thing. Michael told Jan that they have a romantic history. And so what I'm wondering is, is he being like, oh, well, you know, there was something there. And then like, you know, not saying anything, or did he invent some whole like romance between them and tell her like, I just hate Jan, right? We know he hates Jan. (laughs) I'll go back to Jan and I hate Jan. I think he made it up to just make her feel jealous to make, to make him desirable and make her jealous. You're so right. You're like, so right. I think he just was like, "Yeah, Pam will make Pam will make Jan mad because she's younger." You're right. And you know, Pam or Jan probably resents Pam or something. I don't know. Or do you think you're just right. just as a, another idea? Do you think that Michael made it up because he was jealous of or suspects that Jan was doing something with Hunter, her assistant? You're ab- both of you guys are absolutely. Jan right. has both of you guys are absolutely right. Those, those were great answers. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. <laughs> um, well, uh, what, I mean, what uh, what other defining moments or favorite moments do you have for for these two? I one one thing that I love about this relationship in the office is that you know, so it's it's a constant until Michael leaves uh, with Pam, sort of as Michael's emotional support, and vice versa at times. But there is a clear sort of moment where Pam has outgrown her traditional role as receptionist. And it's following, um, it's after season six where she's you know, been a salesman for a little while and Aaron has become sort of firmly entrenched in the receptionist role where Michael is not satisfied with Aaron and her performance. Right. And so he kind of defaults to Pam. Right, um, right. And Aaron's kind of hurt by that. Yeah, like I'm thinking of Scott's tots when... <laughs> Michael is not impressed with what Aaron's Aaron's itinerary, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> you are just, the best in the biz. Yeah, that's <laughs> what she says to Pam. There's something really she is something a legend. Hilarious, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> there's something hilarious about how Aaron slots right into that role and does it with such uh, like an earnest sort of cheer, where mm-hmm. Pam had done it with sort of a self-aware kind of understanding of what Michael is, and Aaron mm-hmm. is so happy to be there mm-hmm. she's like happy and eager and yeah pam had a more of a malaise of just like oh this guy mm-hmm. or i'm thinking of in the search in season seven when michael gets lost and the three characters that go to search for him are dwight holly and it's aaron but aaron is kind of filling the role of the receptionist at the time uh right. the person who takes care of michael and kind of fulfills his different sort of asks throughout the day mm-hmm. it's kind of uh, when you consider how many times Michael slights Pam over the course of the show, I'm thinking and the thing that jumped to mind immediately is beach games when he pretty much, totally. you know, uh, I mean, at the, even at the end of her speech at which Sean loves at the very end of it, she's like, you know, and Michael's like, Pam, Same that thing. was amazing, but we're still looking for someone in with background in sales. You know, like yeah. he's, he doesn't consider the fact that Pam could be, has just shown some pretty good leadership qualities right then, you know, and, and right. eventually, you know, 
they they work together uh, as almost equals. Pam could have been a good manager for the branch in a way. I, I'm better than Michael, I'm sure. But definitely, well, it wouldn't has been a funny of a show, probably. Mm-hmm. Although her sales aren't very good, her sales are not very good. But that that changes. I don't know. To go back to your question, Sean, I, I mentioned earlier. I think what some of the biggest three moments between them are. One of them is the finale, which I think we'll probably save for like talking about the finale at some point. We can mm-hmm. mention it here. I sure. think the art show is a huge one. Um, and in the middle there, there's a lot. I mean, the entire thing with him dating Helene and it comes down to the punch. Oh, yeah. And she's supposed to punch Michael. I mean, it's this moment where, you know, if she does that, if she punches Michael, I mean, you just wonder, can you ever turn back from that? Is that does that put a block in their relationship that they can't overcome? Because like part of what makes that moment so great is Michael breaks down like a little boy and eventually it's just going, don't like there's a certain way Michael cries where he kind of does this like like this kind of whimpery like thing. It's the same. Yeah. And and Pam can't literally can't follow through with the punch. And basically, you know, it's the same. It's the same thing with the Dundies when she can't she just can't be this person who writes things about Michael in the bathroom and, and gets up and leaves in the middle of his set just to like, you know, say, right. Screw this guy. You know, it's like, she just like, no, I'm just not that person. But then, but if she's given a good reason to, I mean, then it's on an equal plane because essentially Michael has that one last comment of like, for the record, she came on to me and she just turns around and wallops a big old slap. <laughs> and I strong, a- saw Pam's big strong hand <laughs> <laughs> zooming okay? towards my face. No, you're okay. Are you okay? No. <laughs> and he's like, "Why are you limping?" Uh, but yeah, no. He, <laughs> but uh, that that's such a just big moment for that too. Of like, it, it's it's more a moment that represents this this ultimate challenge of their relationship, which is what if you what if Michael Scott dated your one of your parents, dated your yeah. mom. And, well, my mom's uh, in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> he could still. Never mind. Yeah, that's yeah. a moment where my, where Pam is speaking directly to the audience, where she says, "Michael Scott is dating your mother." There are a number of moments like that over the course of the show where mm. Pam, literally in sort of this narrative sort of tone, covers it. I'm thinking too of when uh, they find uh, Dwight. Mm-hmm. Right. Red Level yeah. Midnight script. There, there are a number of little moments like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. She, I when she when she sort of sees the bird funeral through um, mm-hmm. back in season two, that's another time she's really taking care of Michael's psyche, you know. And and we sort of already talked about this a bit, but the way she like the care she puts into making that box for the bird, and the way and then she causes Michael Everything. to cry. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Her it kind of goes so ways. beautiful. I mean, she's she's talking about in in her little eulogy that she does. Yeah. She. She talks about, you know, how, you know, she's talking um, to Michael. This yeah. this bird didn't die alone. You know, we know that he had friends and family and we just he just wanted to come into our office and spread his joy and stuff like that. I mean, it's giving me chills just even, you know, maybe, uh, repeating it very badly right now. Maybe he wanted <laughs> to deliver a, a special present like that one bird surprised Oscar that one morning. That's yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember that. That was so funny. <laughs> But she's she's speaking directly to Michael through this bird in a way that you know respects his privacy with without calling him out to everyone, well, but he, also consoling him. What's crazy is that she does it in such a perfect way that he gets it. He's looking at her like, 
Yeah. Like he's like, I mean, he's like realizing like, oh wait, he, I mean, Michael's so dumb. He doesn't even realize that all this is about him. Right. This is like, it's like his subconscious, like, and he just reacts, reacts, reacts to his emotions. Right. All of a sudden he's standing in the parking lot and realizing, wait, maybe this is all about me. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm worried about this and maybe I should be, you know, thinking about it the way Pam thinks about it. It's, it's just, I mean, I think so much happens in that moment and, and yeah, it's really incredible that, you know, Pam just um, takes the initiative to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pam takes similar initiative to remove the battery when Michael is an office drone. <laughs> we are office drones. All we do is work. Is work. <laughs> I was just I was learning like, to, to take out his <laughs> her, Yeah, her ability oh, to play care. along. <laughs> you know, we, we, we went up against this moment earlier in the show and then we kind of turned away from it. Yeah. But when in the lecture circuit episodes, when yeah, yeah, yeah. Pam gets, when Michael cuts the sleeve off of Holly's jacket <laughs> and, Psycho. and downloads the file, Dear Michael. <laughs> Pam is the volunteers to read it and she delivers the news to Michael that she still has feelings for you. It's not over. Mm -hmm. Um, She leaves it kind of vague. I actually also think this is a moment where Pam is talking to the audience. Um, I guess I I wanted to, I wanted to talk about that moment. I'm not not in love with her. I I actually really love that. That kind of brutal sort of shrugging it off. Um, But how how do you guys feel about that? Do you think that Pam was right to do that or? That's, that's a great, great scene. Thank you so much for bringing it up. Cause it's just the two of them sitting at this empty bar at the diner. And they're both just kind of like there's, And even right before that too, there's that part where they're shutting the trunk in the parking lot. And she's like, yeah. don't look up, don't look up. And then they both look up. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> everybody's staring at everybody's them. watching them go away. It's so good. And then they're just sitting at the diner, kind of like heads hung low. And Michael goes, do you want some pie? I went through Holly's things. <laughs> and yeah. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> some pie went through all his, I, it's it's a it's an incredible arc right there too, um, because it's again it's flipping that thing that w- what Michael does for Pam is get her to think a little bigger of like hey, are, are you are you doing your best? And she has a moment where she stands up and says okay, and she really repays him when she says she's driving the car and Michael's like I need I need what you have I I need closure, you know, and she says okay let's go. Yeah. Oh, you're saying, you know, blow off Buffalo and go to Nashua? And when they walk, and then when they or walk Or is it Albany? In, Who do they, where do they blow off? Rochester? I don't want to get that wrong. Which oh, bridge do they blow off? I don't know off off the top of my head. To go see Oh, Holly? man, I don't know. I was just watching it. Um, but anyways, I, they, I think they it's go, Buffalo. They go to Nashua. And I mean, I mean too, that when they walk in and, re- like, you know, and it's like, oh, Holly's not here, but there's her boyfriend sits right over there. And like shows Rob Hubel and then like cuts mm-hmm. back to Michael and Pam. She has the same look of horror on her face. You know, it's yeah. just like they are just perfectly in sync at this point. But Pam's in that moment, Pam's decision to say, okay, let's go. That saves Michael's life. Like, cause that leads them there. That leads Michael to again. Yeah. Look at that file and realize there's hope and not give up. Right. I can wait. I mean, literally everything comes down to that moment. Very similar to, you know, Pam just standing up and leaving and walking out with her or walking out with Michael. They just do it time and again for each other. And that moment's really, again, one of the 
one of the only, maybe the other cliffhanger besides Casino Night, actually. I think I, in Casino Night, I said it's the only cliffhanger in the show. But that two-parter in Lecture Circuit, when he, she says, okay, know. let's go, yeah. and, she, and they smile, and then it cuts the episode. It's like totally. it's a huge moment. And again, it's just the, the two of them help each other out just time and again. It's it's really cool. I think, number, first of all, they blow off Rochester. That is correct. Is this Rochester? <laughs> yeah. And then I think, second of all, um, so you talk about how that moment gives Michael hope. And I, I love thinking about how that influences the company picnic moment at the end of the season. Because mm-hmm. Michael, you know, in that moment where Michael and Holly are, are just sitting on the ground eating strawberries, I want to say. Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird scene it's weirdly lit it feels like a fantasy novel yeah there they are yeah. a couple of snoop soup snakes just lying in the grass yeah uh <laughs> that michael realizes that there's this a long story he says it out loud and he doesn't give up hope even though in that moment she's with aj and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like their relationship has much promise or future he's mm-hmm. he's patient and i AJ don't know if he married. would be he yeah. might not he might not be if he doesn't have this experience with pam that's right um I think I I wonder if Pam should have read the letter, but uh, but it serves the plot very well. <laughs> yeah, ethically it's ethically it's like no, but I there's no way. But Pam romantically, could have, romantically yeah. there's what no way this? Pam could have helped herself to what, not. It's so juicy. What about this? Pam is the perfect filter for this letter to get to Michael. Yeah, right. Because what if the letter was like Michael? You know. We had a good time, but, you know, I just, you know, I have a very different vision for the rest of my life. It was just a short, you know, how she would be able to tell him what it, without him wanting to kill himself, you know? Right. I I think like he would be able to interpret whatever the message of the letter is and deliver it to him in a way that would be constructive for him. Do you think there's a possibility that the letter actually did say that and she was trying to let Michael off easy? Oh, yeah. I've never even considered I that. I do. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. She it's might not have. over. She still has feelings. Yeah. I think it's I think possible that this letter possible. has been given somewhere else on the internet or this has been explored and maybe I just haven't seen it yet or we haven't seen it yet, but I think it's an interesting thing to think about. That's not that what it I was. First, yeah. It's uh, not. Yeah, well, I mean, truthfully, the, the letter probably is kind of like, it's over. Like it was a good time though. Mm-hmm. Because why wouldn't you write a letter that's like, I don't know, maybe we'll still get married. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't mean to take keep taking this back to this moment to try to, you know, indict Pam or say that what she did was either right or wrong. I just think it's really interesting to think about that fork no. in the road. Well, yeah. And, I think that, yeah. I think that we can agree that she was being a good friend to Michael. in this. Moment. Honestly, we yeah. shouldn't be, we shouldn't be putting the burden on Pam that she read the letter. It's that Michael's copied a file off her computer. <laughs> and yeah. a thumb drive. I mean, that's, that's the big no, no. Like what Pam's doing that's is just true, cleaning up right? Michael's mess. The funny we thing about cutting older the, to a higher standard. Yeah. There's no way to explain the sleeve being gone. <laughs> that shit is so bad. <laughs> So like, and then, wow. do you think Holly had a real, uh, the way he wonders it, I don't know if Holly and Michael ever watched the documentary back together after it supposedly airs and she sees that scene. Realize who she's married yeah. to. Like, Oh my mm-hmm. God. Uh, another quick thing about that scene too. I had the exact same thumb drive in college that Michael's using that little, like were very, the thing that slips out yeah. that little tab. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I get very nostalgic every time I see it because I was like, man, I transferred so many papers from my computer to the library in college <laughs> on that same flash drive. Yeah. Um, 
I just going back and, you know, I, I tried to kind of skip through season one on to find these moments and going back and tracking this relationship. I was really impressed at how slowly it built and how at the beginning, it's pretty clear what their relationship is. Michael wants to be a madman type, you know, manager with a sexy receptionist and stuff like that. And kind of like, you know, he's got this kind of Todd Packer mentality of, you know, talking about how hot she is in front of the cameras and all this stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And Pam wants to be like, yeah, Michael's an idiot. Like I'm going to gang up with like, you know, Roy and Jim and all these other people to make fun of him and laugh at him behind his back. And they both learn that these things are wrong and that they're, they're kind of meant to be together. They're kindred spirits. They provide they provide a moral arc for the show, the two of them together, that outside of the story, outside of the plot, outside of the entertainment of The Office, if we go, what, what does it all mean? Why does it all matter in the end? And those answers come down to the change in Pam and Michael and just how they're like the way they treat each other, the way they don't give up on each other and the way that they inspire each other is like sort of is a bit of the point. Right. You know, um, to, it, which which gets which gets all the way to the end of like, isn't that the point that sometimes these these things we think are insignificant or these this, these relationships we have, even with your receptionist or your boss, like nurturing those are really what what matters, you know, there's there's a lot of beauty in ordinary things. Yeah. And mm. what we see from Pam and Michael is picking someone up when they're down or giving them a kind word or um, correcting them when they might be misguided or stopping them from putting their foot in their mouth anymore. Um, <laughs> all of those things come yeah. true. And little did we know, maybe they were the soup steaks all along. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I don't maybe wanna... the real surprise was ice cream sandwiches. And <laughs> 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 I don't want to wrap up talking about this without covering anything you guys think we might have missed. Is there? That was such a good ending point we hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, then I think that uh, I think that it's time to. I know. I'm. I mean, I think that we'll continue to talk about Pam and Michael. Is what I'll say. It's. Well, I think that's, it's yeah. Our it, longest it, it episode really is the heart of the of the show. Our longest episode is, was about Pam, so I'm sure we covered a lot of this in that episode. But um, I didn't remember any of it because this was this all felt fresh to talk about. Yeah. It's. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> They're just, they're both just so crucial. They're the two biggest pillars of the show. I thought, uh, this is a very little tangential moment, but I thought the surplus, two things that really stood out to me about that episode. Mm. Number one, I felt such, I felt so bad for Michael when Oscar and Jim, like, invited them out to lunch. Just Mm -hmm. the real sincere joy that he had. (laughs) Just to think that no one has ever invited him to lunch before. You know, that that, that stood out to me. And then the other part where Jim pops in is like, you guys going to lunch? Can I come? (laughs) And then he high fives Oscar, Jim, and then Pam, who he's leaving in his office. Yes. Um, I thought the way that Pam sort of manipulates the situation was really funny. Just the way that she sort of does just enough to get Michael on her side again. Uh, yeah. So the games, the way Jim turns after, after he's like, let's see you guys. And he turns and he has the tiramisu and he's just like, gives her that look of just like, yeah, I just played it that way. And then she throws the tiramisu away. So it's great. Yeah. You look really pretty today. Thank yeah. you. You look really pretty today. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I wrote down the surplus too, just for like, 
like Pam is finally giving Michael what he always wanted, like to just be the flirtatious says, secretary and really. He says, "I missed it the first time." Or like, how many times I've watched that episode? But the when he says he got those new pants, and he's like, "Like, look at that butt." And he's doing like that. Uh, uh, uh. He says he got them in the boys, like DJ yeah. Max boys section. <laughs> Hot tie guy. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Or he got his tie at TJ Maxx. I don't know where he got the pants. Right, right. Anyway, um, well, uh, really good stuff. Yeah, those yeah. those two, man. I, I think fun. about like mind, body, and soul of the show. It's like I, Michael's the soul, and I don't know, maybe Pam's the mind, and Dwight's Dwight's the body. Dwight's the Dwight's soil. The soil. The yeah. soil. The manure. <laughs> On time delivery is the soil. <laughs> All right, guys. So really quickly, we don't have a conference room segment this week. We wanted to make sure that we had enough time to really dive into this topic. So we're just going to go right and to prep. trivia. Yeah, yeah, and prep yeah. properly for this topic. Yes. So let's move on to a little no bit No more trivia. meetings. No more <laughs> meetings. <laughs> let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. We've got uh, – I, I just – put this together as I was re skipping around and rewatching today. So um, first couple of questions are from the episode, the fire. What, as he explains it to Ryan, what is Michael's second rule of business? Is it adapt, react, readapt, act? It, it is. Did you say act, A-C-T or A-P-T? Act. A-C-T. Right? I, he says or, he says apt as the final word. Adapt. No, he says really. act. Act. A-C-T, right? Because he just flips the words around. Is that just what the is that just what the subtitles say, or does he actually say apt? I Is this a that, Fisher Bohara situation? Yeah, this oh. we, we should not get into this again. Uh -oh. oh boy. I just thought that it was funny because he does say apt. He says adapt, react, readapt, apt. <laughs> but oh, um, I don't know. But you could. But you. I mean, I always thought that it was act. He takes oh. the re off of react. And <laughs> anyway, what is your next question? Uh, yes, yeah, moving on. Yeah, moving on. <laughs> Dwight says someone from the office is absent that day. Who is it? He's gonna do a count for oh, everyone. Oh, the day of fire drill. Yes. Is it Toby? It is not Toby. Is it Creed? He wants to count off everyone in the parking lot, and he said, and everyone has a, an assigned number, but Marjorie is not there that oh, day. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. That's a good. That's a deep one. Deep yeah. Mm -hmm. Whoever Marjorie is, we don't know. Um, lecture circuit. How much money did Princess Lady cost? Oh, Angela's cat, Princess Lady. Bl Meredith's like blank. I gotta see this. Ten thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, seven thousand dollars, seven grand. What age was Kelly when she was in juvie? She's like thirteen. Yeah, 14, fourteen to 14. fifteen. For a crime the, she did commit. Yeah, the yes. worst year of her life. When Angela accidentally leaves her kitty cam on at work, what excuse does Kevin make up to say that he didn't notice? Oh, he was looking at pictures of food on his computer. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> and Kevin had Greek food for lunch again. Yeah. Um, in the episode Dream Team, um, 
Jim explains to Kevin how you transfer a call. How do you transfer a call? Star, extension, star. Transfer, extension, transfer again. Okay. Very, but I'll give it to you. What is Michael's Nana's full name? This is my last question. Barbara Allen. Oh, Barbara... Barbara Kivas. Kivas. Barbara Kivas. Nice. Kibis. That is job, correct. Local investor. Um, good job, guys. I just happened to watch that episode. And that stuck in my head. <laughs> I was like, I was like, oh, that's a, that'd be a good question. Um, nice. I actually just wrote down a random couple questions as well here. Oh yeah, right. give it to me real quick, oh, just because I didn't feel like eh, we, we could use a couple more. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's we find this out also in Dream Team actually? What size? What size shoes does Michael wear? Eight and a half. Ooh, mm. close. Nine. We when he gets bowling shoes from Ryan. Oh. Mm. Um, yep. Uh, okay, and um, also when Dwight is trying to convince Aaron that their building used to be a brothel and there's a ghost, mm-hmm. what's the name of the woman that was murdered on this very floor in 1816? Oh, Hattie McGonagall. Hattie McGonagall. Very good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> she was yeah. a prostitute. <laughs> That's all. Is that a, is that a Harry Potter reference? I don't know. Hattie McGonagall. I know it's 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 very McGonagall. close to saying mm-hmm. Harry. Oh <laughs> well, um, you guys, that was a great episode, and uh, you know, uh, fun trivia. And please, everybody out there, uh, we didn't do any listener questions today, but we need your listener questions because we got mailbag episodes coming up soon. So give us a call. That's 503-694-9314. You can call us and leave us a message. We like to play the voicemails on the show. You can email us, mspodcastcompany at gmail.com. We're on Facebook and Instagram, Michael Scott Podcast Company. We're on Twitter, at Michael Scott Pod. We've got a website, michaelscottpod.com. Special thanks to Ryan Lloyd, who helps us with our social media and designs all our artwork and suggested this as an episode topic. Uh, I have a actually request for people sending stuff in, if yeah. you don't mind, because you know we we with last couple of episodes we've done the quarantine quarter, just sort of catching up on our lives and stuff. Um, but nothing's happening, so we ran out of stuff to talk about. But I want to <laughs> hear true. like, yeah, I just want to hear how it's going for people out there a little bit, and especially like how has the office is it more or less? Is there anything specifically with the office and quarantine that's been on your mind? Um, it doesn't even have to be something you noticed about the show, but just like how are how are you guys doing? Because this is a this show has shown us that there's just a massive community of the office, and so yeah. h- how is the community doing? How is, is how are you? That is the best part about doing this podcast. When we set out to do this, it was just Edwin and I talking about the office for few hours at the bar one night and it was just like we should do this as a as a show maybe people will like it, was, it. Uh, so, it was the culmination <laughs> of the three of us talking about the office for what several years Dan, well sure i mean yeah it was like man we never stopped talking about this and you guys so, called me that night and you're like have you guys have alex you seen the office and i was like never <laughs> watch it <laughs> we need you but, to produce our show <laughs> but um as we've talked about it with each other, I think what's actually been the best part about doing this is the expansion of the conversation. You guys all sending us questions and causing us to think differently about the show and hearing your opinions and stuff. You don't have to send us a question. Send us an opinion. Send us a hot take. We love to hear that stuff. Yeah, yeah. it turns out Dwight's treasure was the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for listening and, and we'll be back next week. Yeah, thank you as always. Appreciate you all. Love you all. Stay healthy. Take care. 
Pippity Poppy, give it a solid. Yes, sir. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook Games.